So, Dom, you know we um, we do this bit at the start of the episode, which is just a quick, you know, one-liner. I've been working on this. See what you think. Wednesday's playoff hopes crucified before Good Friday, but will they be resurrected by Easter Monday? What do you think? No, James. Just no. Okay. Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, defeat for Wednesday in the uh, Yorkshire Derby at Leeds. We'll look back at, well, frankly, a disappointing performance. We're going to hear from Steve Bruce. Maybe it's time now to have a freshen up, and that's what we'll look at. Also, Ashraf Lazar. They deserve to be in the Premier League for the fans they have. And a busy Easter weekend, Norwich away tomorrow, then Bristol City at Hillsborough on Monday, plus Alpinions. Going to hear some of your first away days and after your opinion about what we should do with uh, a, a Wednesday player. Uh, first of all, um, let's talk about the Leeds game. I mean, first things first, in terms of lineup, a couple of players back into the team. It was a pretty strong starting eleven. It was, and uh, it was a big bonus that Barry Bannon was fit. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, of course, afterwards, Steve Bruce, uh, I think, was almost implying that he, he perhaps regretted a little bit playing Barry Bannon and that he wasn't quite right. And uh, he still looked at it, though, and thought that there was no Dominic Iorfer still. Mm-hmm. And then Adam Reach has gone off in that first half. Uh, Wednesday... I think actually it will end up being hopefully a bit of a sort of blessing in disguise that that I think it's it's a reminder that of that game for me of this is how far Wednesday've come and they've made great progress and strides as we all know over the last few months under Steve Bruce and his coaching staff but it it was a stark sort of mm-hmm. illustration there of still how far they've got to go if they're going to compete with the leading lights next season uh, as let's be honest, I think we can now safely sort of put the playoffs and that talk to bed, can't we? No, no Easter Monday resurrection. That's not. No, no, no I think it's off off the table, isn't it? I, I think um, I was kind of thinking about this afterwards. It's probably fair to say it was the worst performance of the Steve Bruce era. I know that sounds really negative, but that's just kind of what it was. It was probably the only performance. Um, of the Steve Bruce era where it just never really happened for Wednesday. The, the, just didn't really get going. It was just one of those games that was, we, we always seemed to be kind of stuck in first, second gear and never really found much of a stride. That said, there were some good moments and and the first thing that we've got to kind of mention is, is that Kieran Westwood save from, was it Roberts? Yeah. That was just, I mean, that's, Amazing stuff. Stunning now, yeah. stuff. Now, I, I was away last week, but I have watched the, the game back. Yeah, I am that sad. Uh, <laughs> and I have watched the highlights. And so uh, I, I can only imagine that live, that that's, that save looked even better. Because on television, it just looks like one of the best saves of the season. It, just, it was astonishing. I don't know how he's pulled that off. And yeah, Kieran Westwood, if it had not been for him... Wednesday would have lost by a wider margin. There's no getting away from that. Absolutely. Weeds have had nearly 30 shots, which I think is some sort of record. Uh, and Wednesday, yeah, um, they didn't get going. You're right. But the fact of the matter is that Leeds didn't let them settle. Yeah. Leeds, they're pressing off the ball uh, and how athletic and di- you know, dynamic that they are in, in those wide positions. You know, they hunt impacts and they close people down so quickly. You know, It's almost the championship equivalent of Manchester City, yeah. uh, I would say. And I, I've, you know, there's a reason why they're second. And so it's no disgrace for Wednesday to go there. And they're held out for over an hour. And you know, at that point, I'm sure if you Leeds, having seen the results earlier on in the day for their rivals who were at the top of the table who we won't mention uh, <coughs> yes uh, you know they were looking at it and thinking oh you know, we could be dropping points here you know Wednesday defended stoutly Tom Lees was magnificent probably one of his best games of the season uh, Michael Hector was very strong uh, but that that's the the trouble in a nutshell that essentially what we're saying is that Wednesday's best players on the day were the goalkeeper and the two centre-halves. Yeah. 
Yeah, that kind of sums it up. And you're right in terms of the fact that we, you know, we we tend to just look at Wednesday's performance because as Wednesday fans, that's what we do. And and to me, it it felt. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the playoff final. It just felt like one of those days where we just didn't quite turn up. You know, it wasn't. It never felt quite right. The difference being on playoff final, Hull were a bit rubbish. Um, Leeds were just better than us. They were a good team. They were well organised. Um, a fair play because I think we all thought we we saw the way that they started the season, the way that they. Played Played and the amount of energy that we've got and I think we all kind of thought well that that's not going to last all season but it was there on Saturday they got that energy um, and everyone said it Steve Bruce has said it they were worthy winners on the on the day and, and, and you're quite right there's no shame losing 1-0 to Leeds when, when they're playing like that and in that kind of form and actually coming away and in a way we sort of feel um I wouldn't necessarily hard done to, but you know, we we could have got something out of that that game. It's just that one moment that made the the, the difference, and that's you know that's not bad. That Gary Hooper opportunity in the first half, well, yeah, that was one of probably the best yeah. um, build up play uh, and attack from a Wednesday point of view. You know, in the evening, and Gary Hooper, I think if he's in tip top form. Uh, I, I believe that his first touch would have been better yep. and I think he'd have took that away. And, it, of course, if Wednesday go ahead, get the noses in front, they've got something to hang on to, uh, can play on the counter-attack, it would have played into Wednesday's hands, but it wasn't meant to be. I, I think, really, for me, what it underlined was there were none of the January signings in there. And so that lack of pace with there being no eye for yeah. Aaron's or Lazar... Uh, and those options, Lazar, okay, he was on the bench, but again, he's still coming back to full match fitness. Uh, I just think that it, it did underline that the, there's no getting away from it. That there's a lack of pace still in that Wednesday team, and I'm sure that Steve Bruce is going to be looking to address that in the summer. Great point, that isn't it? Because it, it it did probably feel like a, a post, uh, no, a pre-January performance in terms of the fact that it was a little bit flat. It was a little bit one-dimensional, and we've we've kind of almost forgotten that, that that was kind of the story of our season for such a long time, and the difference that those signings in January have actually made. It, it, somewhat quietly because we've just got used to the fact that you know we've got a Wednesday now that has got a bit of pace that's got a bit of creativity that can create things and do things that are a little bit unexpected and can score goals and that was that was very absent on um, on Saturday yeah. um you mentioned about the Hooper um chance he never looked confident to me when he got that that ball the, the, yeah. it just didn't look didn't look right didn't look right at all and and and, and it was actually you know it was a damn good chance to to score and it kind of looked like he just didn't really know what to do and I think you know we we can put that down to the fact that you've got a Gary Hooper who is still very much finding his feet and it takes him a while we know this from when he first joined Wednesday when he'd not been playing football it took him a while to find some form um he's running out of games now though he is uh, I would expect that he'll play the majority of the four matches left yep. and that Steve Bruce is going to give him every opportunity to earn a new contract. If he gets another goal, maybe two, then he's really staked his claim. I still think that he will get a new contract. I, I, I believe that Steve Bruce is a big fan of his, uh, recognises that he's probably the best finisher at the club and that when uh, he is in uh, you know, really good form, and if he gets a pre-season behind him and the, the injury problems, they completely go away, that uh, I, I think Steve Bruce believes that there's a guy there who's capable of getting between 15 to 20 goals uh, you know, over the course of a season. Do you think that he'd sign it if he was offered it? Well, there's still that talk of you know, yeah. America. You know, there's two or three clubs uh, sniffing around. That could be agent talk as much as anything. Uh, so whether to read too much into that, you know, if, if you're Gary Hooper, you're looking at it. You're in your early thirties, and so if you want uh, one last, maybe you know, decent payday, and you fancy going to America with your family uh, for the last couple of years of your career, then it's an opportunity that may well be there for him, but. Uh, I, I think that you know he's been at Wednesday now for a number of years. Mm -hmm. The last fifteen to sixteen months, of course, of his career have been uh, one to forget. So uh, I, I think if Steve Bruce um, pretty much outlines to him, as I'm sure he's going to do with all the out contract players, he's going to tell them where they stand, whether they've got a future or not at the club. And I, I think that uh, he will probably say to Gary Hooper that I see you as a big part 
of my plans moving forward. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, depending on yeah, what contract gets offered to Gary Hooper, the length of it, you know, uh, is it going to be a similar salary to what he's on right now, yeah. uh, etc. Then uh, I would like to think that, yeah, Gary Hooper will be thinking, yeah, I, I fancy sticking around, believing that Wednesday are going to give it a real good crack next year for promotion. Quite interesting this because I think Gary Hooper's one of those players that he doesn't do a lot of media stuff and he tends to keep himself to himself. He's, he's a quiet guy. He doesn't give a lot away. Um, and so, you know, I don't I don't know whether or not he's the kind of player that will think, well, I've still got a point to prove. I've still got something to prove in this in this league because he just doesn't like, he just doesn't really give anything away. You, you can spot those players that you know will think, yeah, I've still got, you know, I've, I've been out for the last 18 months. I, I've got to come back and I've got to prove something. I just don't know with Gary, Gary Hooper as to whether or not that's his kind of personality or not. So it'd be really interesting to see uh, how that all plays out and, and what kind of happens with um, with that one. Um, going back to the uh, Leeds game, then. So Adam Reach going off. This I've got to say, t- it didn't it didn't feel like much of a surprise. This because he's not quite looked right for a few games now, and we know he's been kind of you know patched up for uh, for a couple of games. Uh, my worry here is, could that be season kind of over now? Well, he's not going to play and be involved at Norwich. I think it's a big doubt that. He feature against Bristol City on Monday. And I'm personally looking at it and going that he is struggling now with an Achilles injury. Yep. He's still got an ongoing knee problem that has hampered him for a number of weeks. And you can tell it has with the performances that he's been putting in that uh, they haven't been uh, of the standard of what we expect from Adam Reach, uh, you know, when he's uh, firing on all cylinders. So personally, Wednesday's season is effectively over or it's coming to a close they're not going to make the top six I wouldn't take any chances whatsoever with Adam Reach, bearing in mind that he could figure in the the summer plans for the football club you you do look at it and uh, you can't get away from it that uh, Wednesday financially uh, if they are looking at doing some wheeling and dealing uh, who out who in that squad is going to command a seriously big fee you would have to say that Adam Reach would be the one yeah, they've got to they've got to protect him. In in a way, um, it's just it just be kind of sad if that was it. If that was the moment that his Wednesday career ended, you know, kind of hobbling off with an injury at Leeds and a pretty flat performance, having you know he, he he'd not been up to scratch for a, a few games. He'd certainly not played badly, but you could just tell he wasn't he wasn't right. And it's a shame all the great things that he's done while he's been at Wednesday. If that ends up kind of being how he signs off without a chance for kind of the you know the crowd to give him a bit of a um, you know bit of a farewell um that'd be a bit of a bit of a shame but. well I, I, there's no guarantee of course that you know no. steve bruce thinks a lot of adam reach as do a lot of wednesday fans and so uh it would be a big loss and very difficult to replace adam reach bearing in mind he's contributed nine goals and six or yeah. seven assists uh yeah so you, you people shouldn't forget that without his contribution wednesday would be a lot lower down in the table without him and so uh yeah, the, the football club could have a big decision to make we know that wolves were interested in him earlier on in the season mm-hmm. it, it depends if the uh, an offer comes in for them you know for him or barry bannon or, or whatever and, yeah. and it's only then when you've got a conversation you know, to be had uh, but Steve Bruce, from the way he's talking, he's not afraid of making these tough decisions. He'll yep. do what's best for the football club uh, and what will give him licence to then wheel and deal and do what he sees fit is going to turn Wednesday from being that sort of top half team into genuine contenders for the top six. I suppose, I mean, the other thing I would add about Adam Reach is that it shouldn't really be a great surprise that he is finally sort of picking up a knock or two because uh, for the first two and a half seasons at Sheffield Wednesday, he's been virtually ever-present. Uh, and he, he has always been that you know in the side, played virtually every game. Uh, and so it, it was bound to maybe catch up with him that he hasn't been given a breather that much at all yeah. in his time at Wednesday. No, that that's very, very true. And that was the other thing that I kind of wanted to mention about Adam, Adam Reach in terms of the fact that, you know, me saying it would be sad if that's how his Wednesday career kind of ends. Because this, this year's kind of been the season of him scoring the wonder goals, hasn't it? And that's what we all remember. Um, you know, last season, he, there was a time t- towards kind of the, the, the kind of the last third of, of last season when we had so many players out injured. Adam Reach almost single-handedly carried that team through. He stepped up to being captain. And not just captain, he stepped up to being a leader. Um, and... 
he he really got the team through a really difficult period when knowing what we know in hindsight about the way that that, that Yosla Hukai's kind of management works I, I don't know how uh, how much of a leadership role he was taking in the in the dressing room so just how much Adam Reach really was stepping up I don't know but um it'd just be it'd be really really sad if that's kind of how his his Wednesday career ends because he's uh, he's played a lot of roles in in that time and has really proved just just what a great player he is to have at any any football club so whatever happens you know the the very best to uh, to Adam Reach for the for the future as often happens where Wednesday lose there was a bit of a fallout on on social media now um Keeping it in perspective, I don't think it was too bad, but people particularly kind of picking on on certain players afterwards and kind of saying, well, maybe it proves this, that or the other. Um, Forestieri's name came up quite a bit with a few people saying, look, this is it now. You know, he's he's clearly he just can't do the business for us anymore. We've got to move him on in the in the summer. Uh, This is kind of a conversation that's been going on well for months maybe years that, that this has kind of been an ongoing conversation now um we're, we're getting towards that sort of business point now whereby decisions have got to be made we know that steve bruce is a fan we also know you know players have got to go out um forestier is still at an age whereby he could you know command the decent transfer fee what 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 do you think can, can you can you see I, there is part of me that thinks when you're rebuilding this squad, do you see Fernando Forestieri really being a part of it? And I actually thought that a couple of years ago, really. Uh, what, what's your kind of take on it? It's simple. Wednesday have six strikers at the moment, and that's way too many. So some are going to have to go in the summer, and Steve Bruce has made it clear that that is what will happen. And you look at the ones who are going to attract interest, Fernando Forestieri, you would think um, on his past record would figure pretty high up on that list. Sam Winnell obviously had suitors in January and turned down some low moves. And you have then, of course, I know we're going to talk about him more in detail perhaps later on, but Jordan Rhodes will be coming back in the summer. So, in fact, that will actually make seven strikers that Wednesday will have. And really, I don't think that a top team in the Championship, or really, actually, in any league... You need more than four recognised senior forwards. So for me, three have to go. And I, I would think that with the lack of game time that Sam Winnell's had, Sam Winnell uh, w- would probably be one of those to make way. And who knows about Fernando Forestieri? Uh, yeah, we've heard of what Steve Bruce thinks of him, that he rates him highly, but... Hey, needs must. It depends on again who comes in for him, and uh, I, I know that you know the chairman Dave Ponchanceri in and around Christmas uh, and that January period, he was saying, "Well, we had nothing to think about in terms of offers on the table, as uh, they weren't there." Mm-hmm. So um, unless that changes in the summer, then players uh, are going to stay put, and we know that, and we've been through this. Right, the reason why Wednesday stockpiled strikers is that. Uh, quite two or three of those strikers have picked up long-term injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, there was a reason behind why Wednesday have ended up in that situation. But it's going to have to change in the summer as it's not healthy, as Steve Bruce you know, said at his uh, press conference today. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I kind of picked up on a few people kind of questions that people raised after Saturday was the the kind of the questions of the fullback positions uh, and it being an area that I think we felt for a long time that Wednesday have needed to improve. Can I actually, I'm just want to sort of interrupt there to say that I actually feel like Liam Palmer, as his performance levels have dropped since he's gone back to right back uh, and, I, and Morgan Fox... Uh, wasn't a good game for him. No, it wasn't. And I would also say that him and George Boy, I just thought second half, Leeds just really went after them on that left-hand side of, yeah. of Wednesday's team. And that was, of course, where the goal came from. And it wasn't a great surprise. Uh, and, I, I, yeah, there's no getting away from it that I, I you know, think that Steve Bruce will be looking to bring in at least another fullback, maybe two. It depends on what happens with Ashraf Lazar, whether they yeah. can bring him back or not. Yeah. Uh, and you hope that he stays clear of injuries. Dominic Iorfa, is they've obviously signed. Dominic Iorfa, I would think, is 
going to be the first choice right back for next season. Uh, and so Liam Palmer out of contract. Is he going to stay? Lots of questions. Yeah, there is. There is. Um, all right. So let's hear from Steve Bruce. Um, we've got kind of the usual injury update in a little while. First of all, um, a subject that we've touched on very slightly that we're going to talk about a bit more later on. It's actually a subject that came up on the show last week. Um, and that is Jordan Rhodes. What have you made of how things have gone for Jordan Rhodes this season? Well, I mean, it, it, it probably hasn't gone as well in terms of timing on the pitch for Jordan. I think the big thing is is just the minutes he's played has been obviously limited since, you know, they've had a little bit of a shuffle, play one up top and one off, and, uh, and he hasn't probably played as much as he liked, but when you've got somebody who scored 27 goals, then... And the, the system that plays probably limited jo, uh, Jordan to to not enough time on the pitch. But we'll have a conversation with Norwich over the next week or so, two weeks, and, and see where the situation lies. Yeah, he's ineligible to, to play tomorrow, obviously. But yeah. I mean, have you already made a decision on your plans for Jordan for next season? Well, it, it's no. It, we've got now six strikers. And if Jordan comes back in the summer, we've got seven, which is not healthy, you know. Um, so, yes, we've got to make big decisions, is what we'll talk about next week. Um, and I'm sure Jordan's situation will be brought into the equation as well. We'll have to be led by Norwich to see what they've got up their sleeve, but we'll ask them questions next week. But we've seen over the years what a Oh yeah, yeah. There's no question about that, and uh, he's somebody I've always liked as a player. That's for sure. We look at his goal scoring record, second to none. So um, if he comes back, then okay, good. Then let's let's see what we do. But I haven't made any real thought process of it just yet, and I haven't done that really until probably after this weekend. In terms of yeah, I mean he hasn't had a lot of game time, but Josh, Josh is is, is coming to the squad. Uh, Lazar's coming to the squad too, so yeah, we'll look at we'll look at them too as well. They play some part of Saturday Monday. You know, I've got to be my thought process is you know Saturday Monday. Let's get this one and see what we can do then, and see how we can freshen it up on Monday. That's as you touched on before, the rotations that this guy's coming to play over the next couple of days with the schedule. Oh, yeah, with the thing is, with, with the slight imbalance that we have, we haven't got many options in the midfield areas. You know, we've got options at the top end of the pitch, and, but we haven't got many options at the midfield areas where they do them off distance. You know, with Aaron's and, and Richie not fit, then uh, it's that area with, with the pitch which which is going to prove critical. In terms of a couple of players playing in the under-23s this week, Matt Penny and Kieran Lee, obviously that's a good sign for both of them, some good minutes under their belt. Yeah. Well, in particular, uh, Kieran Lee, of course, it's a it's a big, big, huge big stepping stone for him that he's got some more minutes under these and, and feels OK. Um, and Matt Penny, it's just a matter of time but you know he's had a bad dislocation of his shoulder and I've never seen the boy to be to be honest um, so yeah it's good it's good news on that one the unfortunate thing is is that we've got two weeks left you know so um, yes it's good news but probably good news for next season I was just about to ask that is there any chance that either of those could be back in the first team squad before the end of the season well we'll see how they are in the next Two weeks, you know. I mean, it's difficult because they've been out so long. But we'll see. Four games to go. What do you hope to achieve within these last four games? Admittedly, to keep the standard the way it has been. Listen, I thought last week we were the, the better team won at Leeds. I have to be honest about that. I thought they were. Um, I thought they were very, very good on the day. Um, before that, we've set some high standards and. And played to a level which has pleased me immensely. You know the, you know the Forests, Aston Villa, the Blackburns, and the, and the Brentfords, and all of them games we've played very, very well. So it's important to try and 
finished the season off well. We couldn't have wished for a more difficult couple of weeks with the form team in Villa and then going to Leeds, now coming to Norwich. So, but we'll, um, we'll look forward to the challenge and keep the standards high and hopefully can get a few results and keep us where we want to be and finish the season as strong as we can. In terms of the Leeds game, does that sort of show you both how far you've come, but also potentially how far you've got to go? Yeah, I think if they're a benchmark and you look at them, and again, I've seen, I've seen Norwich on Sunday, they're a very good side for this division. You know, they're, they're young and energetic and got somebody at the top end of the pitch who's got 26, 27 goals. So, yeah, you look at the, the leaders and think, you know, they're, they're different Norwich to... Um, to Leeds, but you know they are they're both very very good sides and that's where we've got and at the minute if we're being honest we're short we're short of them at the minute so that's where we're going to try and get to the, you know I've been delighted with what we've what we've been able to achieve in a certain in a short time but if we're going to improve that's where we need to get to to that level have you made your decisions about the summer yet, in terms of the players that are here, the ones that you want to offer contracts, the ones that you I think I think it's I think with two games in forty eight hours, then next week next week we'll sit down with the the chairman and and the powers that be and uh, and thrash out really what what is next. Obviously, there's big decisions on a lot of players and a lot of players who've done very very well for me. So you know. Up until a week ago, really, I was just concentrating on can we make a late dash to where we want to get to. Mathematically, we can still get there. It's going to be highly unlikely, but we can't give up. So these two games are not just defining for the defining for the season, but um, after that, then of course, then that horrible side of management comes into it, and uh, that's what we've got. That's what we've got to face. Before that meeting, do you know financially kind of what you've got to work with? I've never really asked the chairman anything about finances. Even when I met him about the job, it was, you know, let's just get on with it, you know. It's, uh, we'll know, I'll know more in the next week or so. Um, but, you know, we are, there has been restrictions over the last 12 months. Everybody's aware of that. Um, so we'll see where we are. Do you feel like you, you're going to have to make some difficult decisions and that yes. there will be players that you would like to keep that unfortunately you won't be able to? <clears throat> I think I think in management you have to make big decisions and uh, and I think that's what you that's what you're judged upon. Sometimes they're not as popular as you would you would want to be with them, and uh, and and that's probably a situation we'll be in. But I think the first thing is is to address. The players out of contract, and there's eight or ten of them, so you know it's going to be a busy week next week. And uh, there's some changes where you, you know, you might have to make it because uh, we have to try and move forward. And we have, let's be fair, the, the squad has been together now. You know, when I, when I think of the playoff final, where I was involved against Sheffield Wednesday, ninety percent of the squad is still here. So you know they're they're three years older and and maybe it's time now to to have a freshen up and uh, and that's what we'll look at. Just before we move on to, to Norwich, youth will obviously be a part of the plans around the club. The under 18s have got a chance of yeah. winning their title at the weekend. Great. That that must really please you and give you hope that that is an avenue. Well, in any in any club, it's really really great if you can find a young one who comes marching through. I remember. I remember giving Jordan Henderson his debut at Sunderland and, you know, back years ago. And whenever you unearth a young one, and to be fair, we've got two or three or four who are played to a decent standard every week. And I think everybody likes to see one of their own come through, don't they? You know, so, yeah, the, the, the kids have got a big game, the under-18s have got a big game at the weekend and uh, wish them the best of luck. And, you know, Last week we had a made a decision on a few of their futures, you know, unfortunately, and you know, but and the twenty three, so we wish them well. Back to Carroll Road then tomorrow. Good memories from playing. Oh, place. wonderful! Oh, Jesus, that long ago, <laughs> it's that long ago. Um, but I'll always be eternally grateful to Norwich. They give me my big chance. They put me, you know, I was playing in the third division, the old-fashioned third division then. And uh, 
you know, and, and signed me to the big league and playing alongside Chris Watson and Dave Woods and Mick Shannon and John Dean and Ace Hartford. It was a very, very, very good side. And, uh, and as I said, I'll always be eternally grateful. I had a wonderful three years. My two children were born there. And um, it seems like a hell of a long time ago now, but it always plays a little part of me. And uh, some say the money they got for me built that stand in the main stand a lot of years ago. But whether it did or not, you'll have to ask Mr. Chase, the chairman at the time. How well are you of their, their particular their late goal scorer? They've got 29 goals in the last 15 minutes of games. It's a remarkable statistic. A remarkable, yeah, which tells you that they keep going. It's it, it's incredible. And, and even they scored late at Wigan, you know, I think it was in the 75th minute. Um, they keep on going, don't they? They've got a belief about themselves, which which is why they're where they are at the top of the league. You know, they're a good side, very decent team who keep on going. And as I said, we've got a goal scorer who's got 20 odd goals this season. And uh, so it'll be a tough game. So busy, busy Easter weekend to come for Wednesday. A few weeks ago, you were kind of looking at this weekend thinking, guys, it's big it's a big old weekend now you know results in the meantime have kind of meant that probably um pressure's off a little bit actually going to norwich who were what five points clear at the top of the table now and um looking like i mean they're certainly not storming over the line there's been a bit of a stagger but then there's also a bit of a competition between leeds and sheffield united as to who can kind of mess up the most so um i think norwich Safe to say, probably going to be home and uh, home and dry. Um, so it's not. It's certainly not going to be an easy game. So what we expect in terms of uh, kind of team expectations, we know there's no reach. We know there's not going to be any uh, Rolando Aaron's. And so I don't think there's going to be many changes. I, right. I don't think there's a lot of options that. And this is sort of what Steve Bruce touched on in the press conference today. That his midfield is actually where, yep. yeah, they're short. Picks itself, doesn't cover. it? Because there's just no choice. Yeah, there is. Uh, I was going to say this before, I mention it now that I, you look at it and you think Marco Mateus must be scratching his head thinking, what's he got to do to keep his place in the team when he yep. scores two yep. goals against Nottingham Forest and then finds himself back on the bench at Elland Road? Uh, I would think Marco Mateus. Uh, would be the replacement for Adam Reach, but you just don't know, really. Uh, Josh Onomer is uh, back now in the in training and in the frame. Possibly he may be on the bench, I would think. But Sam Hutchinson, Barry Bannon will be a central midfield partnership. Yep. I'd be gobsmacked if they're not. Uh, George Boyd, left or right. And so is, is Marco Mateus... Or I, I don't know, maybe a change in, in formation, possibly. You never, you, who knows? It's his chance to play around with things a bit if he if he so wants to do, doesn't it? Because it's a game, you know. There is there is absolutely no pressure on Wednesday. I don't think we're expected to go there and get anything. I think um, that sometimes can be a good thing for any team, kind of when you when you've not got that pressure on, when you can just go somewhere and enjoy it. And if he is going to maybe make a couple of changes and try doing things a little bit different, um, there, there is this kind of like you know eternal issue that we've talked about a few times, which is. We touched on earlier, if, if Forestieri does have a future at the club, where exactly is he going to fit in? Because he doesn't want to play him wide. We're not really playing a system at the moment that's going to suit him kind of having a, a free role. I just, I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe this is his chance to think, right, if, if, if he's going to have a future, where am I going to fit him in and play him somewhere different, do something different with Forestieri? Um, I, I, in my head, I'm thinking it might be quite telling if, if Forestieri is on the bench for the next couple of games, that might tell us something about mm. kind of what his, his thoughts are for the, um, for the future. Um, I, yeah, I, I think know. there's more chance of... Steve Bruce experimenting in the final two matches. I think he wants to get this Easter programme out of the way, see how Wednesday compete, how many points they get on the board, uh, and take it from there, uh, really. And you would think that it will be mathematically over unless they get a very positive points haul from the next two matches. And then that maybe will give him the opportunity to perhaps blood a youngster or two or again tinker with the formations. I wouldn't rule that out in the last two matches. and So uh, that could be uh, you know, an interesting thing to see. Um, memories of uh, trips to um, Norwich 
thankfully, it's not games against Norwich because we'd have to talk about that absolutely horrendous, awful um, game earlier this season. Let's not talk about that. Um, I'm thinking back to um, April 2001, um, and I can't remember if it was the last game of the season or just the last away game of the season but it was the game uh, where Honolulu Wednesday was kind of born um, and all these years later is uh, is still a thing. I'm sure there'll be people at Norwich tomorrow wearing some kind of like Hawaiian attire uh, who've got like you know those uh, flower um, things around their, their neck and maybe maybe the odd kind of Hawaiian shirt as well in the uh, away end there. Uh, I can't in terms of actual you know, genuine football games worthy of of remembering. I I, rem- I remember late nineties John Newsom getting a, a goal and Wednesday winning at Norwich, which kept us up. Um, late on in the season, that might have been a last day of the season. We always seem to play them late on in the season. Um, but other than that, they've always kind of been a little bit kind of forgettable in terms of on the pitch stuff. You have to, big... We have to go back a decade for the last time Wednesday won at Carrow Road. Right, and uh, JJ scored and I think Tommy Spur was uh, sent off late on. Right. So uh, Wednesday had due a, a good result and I was actually looking at Steve Bruce's record uh, at his old club when he's taken teams back there. It's not great. No. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it would be nice to see uh, Wednesday put that right tomorrow. I, I do think back to... Um, my overriding memory of Norwich away, to be honest, is being in. There's a, a pub just next to the um, uh, next to the the river, which is kind of the away pub. I don't know if it is anymore, but it was a couple of years ago. On on the day where kind of the news broke about Fernando Forestieri not travelling, and just that whole kind of we were still on that high after the the playoff season. And, all right, we lost in the final, but it was still that real positive thing. And just so much died that day. It was just, it was never quite the same after that. And you can pinpoint it to that moment when the rumour went round and it was all over Twitter and everyone's outside enjoying the sunshine. It was a lovely day. Um, you know, kind of like, it can't be true. He won't have done this to us. And of course, you know, then, then it becomes a parrot. It was, and it was just weird, weird experience being, being kind of part of that. Um, so then Monday back to Hillsborough, Bristol City. Um, who've got plenty to play for, haven't they? Yeah. Um, they're right in the the thick of it in the uh, in the playoff mix, and again, no one really kind of taking that that full advantage. Bristol City have got the advantage of the fact that they have got a game in hand, um, so um, you know they will whatever. I don't know who they're playing tomorrow, but whatever whatever game they've they've got, they're going to be going into it. Um, yeah, on on Monday with, with serious ambitions of bringing back three points. Not going to be an easy game. Definitely not, and they're quite a streaky team. Lee Johnson's side seem to almost go on win, you know, winning yeah. runs of seven or eight games, and then they can go seven or eight matches uh, without you know without a victory. So uh, sure. they've got some good players on the books, and uh, you know he has actually done a really good job there as Lee Johnson. He's a very underrated manager, and they they have now got a great chance of finishing the top six, and that's a great season for them. And you have to you know take your hat off to them as. Uh, I, I remember w- when Wednesday played them at their place, of course, got into the top six themselves mm-hmm. back in October. And uh, the f- the fans were be- looking as if they were turning on Lee Johnson then. So for him to uh, turn it around and to uh, get them and put them in this position, uh, I, th- I think you can uh, only take your hat off to him, really. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is remarkable. And uh, I don't I can't I can't tell you what I base this on. I've just got this funny feeling about Bristol City in the playoffs. Don't, I don't know if it's similar to kind of you know the Huddersfield thing a couple of years ago. I, I've just I could just see Bristol City going into the playoffs and and somehow doing it, and um, it's based on nothing other than just instinct. But uh, what do you think would be a good return for Wednesday from the next two matches? Uh, uh, do you know I, I, it sounds really really negative? I think a couple of points won't be bad. Two couple draws. Of, couple of draws would be uh, be all right. It would uh, just stabilise things a little. You know, we lost two in three. Yep. Um, it's not wheels come off stuff because this stage of the season it doesn't really matter. Uh, but, you know, kind of a solid end to the season would just, you know, nicely sort of patch things up going into the uh, into the summer. It's going to be an important summer. Um, so, you know, kind of, you know, one all or something at, at, at Norwich and, uh, you know, a similar sort of thing at Bristol City. You should be aiming to win your home games, shouldn't you, really? So um, four, four points would be a really good target, but I, I wouldn't be unhappy with a couple. Uh, yeah, four points, I agree, would be an excellent uh, return, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think um, it may be that 
they'll lose at Norwich. I just think they've got so much quality. And Pookie up front for them has been the yeah. signing of the season. Uh, 27 goals. He's kept Jordan Rhodes out of the starting lineup yeah. for long periods, and that takes some doing. And uh, you know, you, you just look at it and think that that that's what Wednesday have to aspire to. That Norwich were mid-table last year, and the knives were out for their manager Daniel Fark. And, and look at what he's done. Yeah, incredible. To, uh, it's been an extraordinary turnaround, uh, and they look as if you know that tomorrow they could seal. Uh, yeah, the promotion tomorrow. Yeah. If, if Sheffield United drop points and slip up uh, against uh, Nottingham Forest, then uh, Norwich with a win would seal promotion. But you'd have to say that there's a very strong chance they're going to win the t- yeah, win the league. Yeah, memories of Bristol City at Hillsborough. Um, I, I've been trying to think of something other than the obvious one, and I just can't. You can't it's look just past that, that one. It's just uh, what a bonkers game of football it was and that kind of that it wasn't even a minute that kind of like 20 seconds that just changed that that game when they have the penalty for 3-0 and then um even the the way the nature they got the penalty where Sam Hutchinson just appears to just trip up and punch the ball it's just like it was just an incredible game of football amazing moment right at the end of the uh, the game we also forget the fact that that was the game where there was that massive thunderstorm just before yeah. it as well and it was like there's no way this game's going to go ahead it was it, I've never seen rain like it um, it was torrential crazy wasn't it? Yeah. absolute mad night that absolutely crazy it was a complete rewrite it was horrible at the end there <laughs> in a good way I, you know you, you're delighted when Wednesday win and so it's just like, you know, but you still think to yourself, uh, two penalties, I think it was, a sending off for Hutchinson and then last minute winner for, for Wednesday, five goal thrower. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely, that will, that probably in my years of covering Wednesday, that would be in my top five of most memorable games. Yeah, never forget that one. Let's get a view now from uh, from within the Wednesday camp and let's hear it from Ashraf Lazar. In the games that you have played so far, Ashraf, the fans, they seem to have really taken to you here. How does that make you feel? Yeah, they, they make me feel so good because I was missing a lot. Uh, uh, some some commentaries like that. I was having fights, like they, they text me everywhere. So. Uh, and, and having fans where you play and when they text you about like uh, what you do are great games and we, we want you here, we, we want to sign you permanently and a lot of stuff like that. It was appreciate, I appreciate that. So yeah. it was great to hear this about for the fans and I want to say thank you. And how do these fans they compare to the, some of the other clubs that you've played for? Uh, actually, I think... Uh, the Sheffield ones, they have uh, big fans, so I think uh, it's one of uh, the big clubs they are in uh, circulate, so <laughs> so I think they deserve to be in the Premier League for the fans they have, so I hope so. Fitness-wise, how are you feeling now? Yeah, I feel good, I feel good, just I have a, a little bit of pain on my shoulder, but uh, I'm fine, hopefully the injury uh, it's fine now. I want to say thank you to the staff because they do a very great work. So uh, I'm happy to be back with the team. So I can be involved with the for the for the squad for can play. Must have been tough. Had such a great debut against Swansea, and then to get an injury in your second game it must be so so disappointing. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a a sad day for me. So. But it's not important. Like the thing is, we was uh, thinking just the day after quickly for the injury. So we was uh, uh, doing everything for can be back like the most quick possible. So so I'm happy for the work we do with all the staff. Like and uh, I'm okay now. I'm the fitness and everything. So it's very good. Must have been great to be around the place though over the last few months because the form's been really good. The team's been on a great run. Even had a chance of getting in the top six. Still do have an outside chance. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I see the the guys. They do a very good performance. Like right now, we have just just to think about us. We we have uh, these last games, so we have to give everything. Like uh, what we know, we know we have a. A great quality in the team so we have to just improve ourselves every day like training hard and like continue what we do so 
uh, everyone he can go inside to the pitch, he has to uh, show himself like what he can do. Where do you see your future? Do you, would you hopefully to try and break into the team at Newcastle, or do you think you might have to move away to get regular football? I can't know the future. I'm thinking about the present all the time. Like I have my agents, my family. They think about the future, but I say always like you have to think day by day, by because uh, the only important thing you have to think about the present because is the most important. So I'm working hard every day. I'm thinking about what I have to do every day. So and the the future is gonna build by itself. So the present is the most important for now. Irrespective of what club you're at next season, whether it's Newcastle here or, or somewhere else, is the key for you now to, to just try and play regular football in the first team? Yes, this is the most important for every player. So uh, playing every every week and playing every game is is the most important for every player playing. If you did get the opportunity in the summer to come here and play regular football next season, would that be something you'd think about, you'd like to do? Of course, if I have a great opportunity to play and one team they give you the, a lot of confidence and you're happy with the group and uh, you're happy for everything and the, and the city and everything, of course I don't think it's a bad idea. In terms of your position on the field, you obviously play, you can play anywhere along the left and I imagine other positions as well. Where, where do you like to play? Do you like to go forward? Do you like to defend? Do you like to do a bit of both? I like to do everything. <laughs> so, no, uh, I was playing in Italy, like in Palermo, I was playing with five, uh, five on back. So I, I was doing all the, the, the left side. So I play winger, I play left back in national team, I play left back two by four. So I play everywhere. So uh, I like more playing uh, defender and I, for, because I can attack because uh, coming from the back, I'm not the quick uh, guy like uh, short guys. It can go quick with no, skills. So that. no, <laughs> uh, so uh, so I'm I'm a guy coming from behind and he's going there. So in terms of your international aspiration, obviously featured a number of times for Morocco. I I imagine playing regularly is the key to to getting back there as well. Yes, yes, uh, this is the most important because I was having the last call uh, by by the coach and he say if you don't play it's hard to be in the national team like even you are a good player and uh, we need you and everything so uh, the thing is you have to play and uh, if you play uh, you, your country you need you so uh, I know what, what I have what I have in the, in the bag so I have to improve myself, I have to work hard for uh, taking everything is waiting for me, so we will see. And tomorrow if, if, you, if you do manage to get into the starting eleven or, or come off the bench, a big test, Norwich, uh, top of the league, could get promoted, I'm very excited about featuring in that if you can. Yeah, we will see, we will see, I don't, I don't think I'm on the squad because we will see, we will see because I have a little bit of pain, so we will see what's going to happen and uh, the thing is uh, everyone is going to be in the pitch the first 11 on, uh, or the, after they're going to start so uh, I think they're going to they're going to think and they are concentrated for doing good results okay have you got your uh, have you got your diary ready yes important date here Sunday May the 24th 2020 it's one you're going to need to remember it is next season's playoff final day. In fact, Wednesday aren't going to need it. Not going to need it. No, no, scrub it out. Get rid of it already. Um, right, a couple of things to chat about before we move on to our opinions. Um, the Middlesbrough chairman this week's had a bit of a pop at a couple of clubs, including um, Wednesday, um, talking about uh, as as he sees it, clubs that are trying to kind of find a way around and effectively cheat the system when it comes to FFP. Now, we know what Derby have done with the stadium thing. Uh, I, I kind of wonder whether or not him um, referencing Wednesday in this is a bit of a suggestion that there's something similar. We know there's, there's kind of been rumours and talk of it and we're sort of waiting for the accounts to come out before we see what really has happened there. Um, but it's caused a bit of a reaction, this, because um, there's long been this talk about 
it would be an unfair playing field because of the teams that come down from the Premier League having their parachute payments. So there is kind of, you know, there's a slight contradiction there in, in, in terms of uh, Middlesbrough kind of calling out clubs and it not being a, a kind of a, a level playing field. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it kind of interesting to see the response to what um, Steve Gibson said as much as actually what he said. I look at the timing of this, that Middlesbrough's playoff uh, aspirations are in serious Fizzled doubt. a bit, yeah. Yeah, uh, so if they miss out on promotion this year, their parachute payments, I think they would get one more year, but uh, Middlesbrough uh, have sold a lot of talent over the last few years, um, Triori to Wolves and Ben Gibson and uh, Patrick Bamford. Uh, so I, I do understand the the points that uh, you know he's getting at, and that uh, if clubs in his eyes have bypassed uh, profitability and sustainability regulations, whereas they've tried to uh, actually you know, do things by the book, then uh, okay, fair enough. I, to some extent, I, I take his point, uh, but then a lot of the championship teams. Uh, and, and Wednesday being one of them, they don't have the benefit of the parachute payments. And, yep. and so uh, every club in the league, uh, I'm sure, has looked at ways of bypassing PNS. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yep. They wouldn't be doing their jobs if they weren't. Yep. Uh, the, it, it's not a level playing field. And so uh, every club is trying to look at you know, and find that small advantage that they can gain that can give them that extra bit of cash to then spend in the transfer market or on wages and when you've your clubs such as Aston Villa, Derby and Wednesday uh, and ambitious and are looking to challenge at the top end and have thrown money at it then uh, it's, it's I suppose it's uh, I'm, I'm, it's a surprise if anything that uh, maybe that this hasn't reared its head before now mm-hmm. really I, it, it does seem to be very much um, a result of Derby having sort of come out and clean with their accounts yeah. over the deal that they have done with the stadium, uh, that now seems to have been really the, the reaction and the aftermath from it. It, it does stick a bit of sour grapes yeah. a little bit, doesn't it? Because the fact that you know Borough looked at times this season kind of you know certs for certainly the playoffs, and you think oh maybe they're going to be the team that makes a bit of a late push and gets that you know gets one of those automatic places. Would he have uh, said been, this? That's it. Would he have said this but if we're, if Middlesbrough were firmly in the top? No, you wouldn't no. have thought so. But there's there's previous there as well. We know that Middlesbrough have been the club that have objected to things uh, in the in the past and have kind of caused um, you know the 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 odd kind of issue as well. I agree. Com- Completely what you say in terms of the fact that if anything, it doesn't matter, not just football, but anywhere where you've got rules, you try and find ways around those rules. That's the way that life works. That's just, that's that's it. Um, there are clubs, and I wonder if Wednesday are one of these clubs, that have spent you know, huge amounts of time and probably resources and probably hired all manner of experts to find ways around this because it is so restrictive uh, and it really does change the direction that the course that your football club is um, is is going in. Um, it's pretty fascinating and it will it will be interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds because you get the impression as more club accounts come out and it becomes clear that all right there might be something you can do here and there might be a little way around that there and then you know some other clubs think well, actually maybe we can get involved in this um and it you know it could mean that the rules get tightened up it could mean that you know the whole ffp thing actually could just start to crumble a little bit where if it's obvious that you know birmingham getting a bit of a slap on the wrist for what was a major breach and and quite a a, a bad breach in terms of how how they you know just defied the efl um so if punishment's not going to be as strong as they kind of said that it was going to be, and then they're kind of allowing clubs these little ways around it, um, it's, it could be fascinating over the next few months how um, how that whole thing sort of unfolds. Um, another thing I want to ask you about, Dom, and this is something that, that Steve and I last week, uh, who, by the way, did a, an amazing job. Thank you, Steve. Oh, yeah, no, Steve was outstanding. Was yeah, brilliant. listen back to it. He was, was great. No, thank you, Steve, for coming uh, on the show. We we talked very briefly about Jordan Rhodes because um, we'd kind of forgotten, you know, that he, he's still a Wednesday player. And and that's kind of prompted, actually, a bit of discussion, I think, in the in the fan base. And obviously, you asked Steve Bruce about it earlier. Uh, and this whole sort of thought of, actually, does Jordan Rhodes 
fit in with the kind of thing that we it looks like Steve Bruce is trying to create at Wednesday. We know he's a big fan of, of his. We know he's tried to sign him at least once in the, in the past. Uh, what do you think? Jordan Rhodes, is the, uh, the natural thing to do is just write off his Wednesday career, you know, 12 months ago. Uh, could, this, could there be a stunning comeback for him? I think there could be. Yeah. I think Steve Bruce is going to have a look at him in the summer. Why not? Uh, what have you got to lose, really? That It's either a case of you decide now that, oh yeah, actually we'll make him available so he can go out on loan again next season or you sell him. Uh, or you look at him in pre-season very closely, uh, see how he performs, how he does, uh, and whether he can fit into the style of football that you want to implement. And uh, we know that to get the best out of Jordan Rhodes, you have to play to his strengths. You have to almost build the team around him and... Uh, he is a goal scorer. You know, is he going to contribute masses outside of the box? No. But uh, when you know, Jordan Rhodes uh, was in his pomp a few years ago, it was pretty much one chance, it's in the back of the net. Yep. Uh, it was clinical. And he's now 29, should really, in theory, be entering the peak years of his career. Can he recapture the magic? Uh, I think if anyone can bring the best out of him, for me, it would have to be Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce has tried to sign him twice at Hull City and at Aston Villa, and so I, you know, Steve Bruce wants to work with him. And Steve Bruce uh, has uh, quite a few of the players have uh, talked very openly about over the last few months. They've praised Steve Bruce to the hilt mm -hmm. over his man management skills. Yep. He will put an arm around the shoulder of Jordan Rhodes and make him feel 10 feet tall. And he is going to, uh, I think, um, look at him in the summer, see how he performs, uh, and who knows, he could be leading the line next season for Sheffield Wednesday. It wouldn't shock me at all. In his pomp, by the way, was a brilliant phrase. Well done. You got bonus you. points for that. Um, right, this, this is going to neatly bring us on to Alpinions because we're going to ask for your thoughts about um, Jordan Rhodes and his Wednesday career in just a moment. So last week, when you weren't here, Dom, we uh, we talked about first away day memories. It was Adam uh, Thompson on Twitter who kind of gave this idea to me. I was reminiscing about Wembley in 1991, watching Wednesday win the, uh, the League Cup final, being my... Uh, official um, sort of first away day in terms of actual kind of away away day it was Bramall Lane in 92 um, Pennsylvania Owls got in touch um, the two exact same games as me were his first uh, first two um, some really good stories that have come in and I'm not going to have time to go through all of these um, I want to mention Nick uh, his first game was at Barnsley in 1991 he was the mascot for the game I was living in Barnsley at the time didn't go to the game but I, I, I didn't live too far away from Oakwell um, and so I could hear when something happened Carlton Palmer scoring a last minute equaliser for Wednesday in that game and I heard it in the distance before uh, they did the re reports on the radio it was before the, the days of live commentary on the radio that's how long ago that is um, Maplo on Twitter um, who says um, strictly speaking it was at Stavely Men's Working Men's Club FC away in uh, pre-season 1998 he was sat on top of the dugout and he remembers being impressed by uh, Chris Wood's use of the F word after every other word he says he swore for 90 minutes straight but didn't repeat a single word uh, he was 13 and very impressed um, some really really good stories uh, Cam Ward uh, his first game was the Derby one um, first game back in the championship a few years ago 7,000 Wednesday fans that read a last minute equaliser um, what else have we got Peter in Denmark Ipswich 2007 1-0 uh, down within two minutes brilliant lost 4-1 uh, we've got Nathan uh, whose first trip to see Wednesday not at Hillsborough was Wembley in 2016 Monty Crystal Palace 1997 Clinton Morrison scored the winner in the 90th minute for Palace, it was before he played for uh, before he played for Wednesday. Uh, got to mention Laura Jones, whose first away game was uh, Rotherham, a friendly when she was fourteen. And these are her words: "Some snot-covered Rotherham fans tried to kiss me and my cousin at the back of the stand." Um, so um, yeah, some really really good memories. Um, we'll um, you, you can find them all on Twitter. Sorry, I've not got time to go through them all, but we've got to move on to this week's Alpinions, which is basically Jordan Rhodes. Pretty simple. Three choices here. He's going to come back to Hillsborough in the summer. So do you keep him? Do you sell him? Or do you loan him out again? They're, they're your three choices. Sell him, loan him, keep him. Don, what are you going for? Keep him. What would I, you do, James? I'd keep him as well, to be honest. Unless, financially, we really can't. But that's 
There's a lot of ifs and buts there. Um, and he's only, I think he's only got a couple of years left on his contract, so actually financially I don't know what, what difference that made. But anyway, yeah, I think keep him. I, I completely agree with what you say in terms of Steve Bruce. I can see him getting the best out of him. There's still a good striker there. He doesn't become a bad player overnight. He's just absolutely shot for confidence. So I can um, yeah, I can see it working with uh, with Steve Bruce. So uh, for me, keep him. Um, if you want to have your say, then head to our Twitter page. We'll give you the details in a minute. The survey is on there now. You can also join in the conversation tell us what you think why you voted the way that you did use the hashtag alpinions and we will mention some of your thoughts next friday and we'll set another new alpinions for your input as well as we really do get to the proper business end of the season we're gonna have to do player of the year at some point aren't we yes might be Uh, might be next week next week we'll we'll think about that um that's just about it thank you for joining us you can catch dom on twitter at dom housen i am on twitter at james marriott and you can contact the show at dom and james as ever do let us have your feedback we appreciate your reviews and please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode of singing the blues every week up the owls and well we're back to normal next week so we'll see you next friday (laughs) 